Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Melissa Muir. Melissa Muir is a homeschooling mom of four and works with teachers via coaching and products as she loves teaching online and helping people get started and thrive as online teachers so that they can be present at home. Yes, she does this even while homeschooling. Hi, Melissa. Good morning. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking time out uh, to be here on the show today. Awesome. Hello. Thanks for having me. You know, it's my pleasure. Melissa, so before we jump into, I know, you know, I've been following your Instagram page, your website. I know exactly what you're doing. Before we get there, you know, can you walk us through your journey, uh, you know, up until the point that you became, you know, you chose teaching as your profession uh, or your, you know, or that's the thing that you're going to do full time. So what led to it? Sure. Yeah, so I'm originally from the U.S., uh, from the state of Virginia. Um, as a college student at the University of Virginia, I thought about business. Um, and I, like so many, I've actually found in the, in the process, I took accounting and I got a really bad grade. And I wasn't used to getting bad grades. So I was like, bump business. I wish I would have gotten a few more courses under my belt because that would have been helpful now. But I went into teaching um, and was a Spanish teacher, actually, uh, from uh 2010 on, um, and then met my husband, came to Ecuador, where I currently live. I live in South America um, and was doing some mission work out in the country, was working with some teachers out there, loved it, um, met my husband. Um, and so we got married and we now live down here. We've lived here for 11 years now. Wow. Um, and four kids later, um, I was teaching in a private uh, Christian school down here. And after having kids every two years, I was like, we should probably stay home and uh, homeschool these kids. So after my fourth child, we had started homeschooling um, and my husband actually lost his job. And everything's good now. We're all good. But at the moment, we were like, what are we going to do? And uh, I had just started teaching online with a big company called VIP Kid um, that many people taught with. Um, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, that was a really good experience in a lot of ways and uh, challenging in other ways because it was very demanding in terms of schedule. It was okay pay, um, but I knew I could do better. Um, and later on, when things actually went downhill in terms of the double reduction policy in China, um, needed to find other things. And so um, started looking around um, and started teaching in a bunch of different places. Um, so that's kind of my shtick now is that I'm a very diversified teacher. I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. Um, and that's something I think is really um you know, a responsibility that we have as adults is to um, be responsible for our diversified income so that we aren't up a creek without a paddle uh, if one of them, you know, drops out. Right. Um, and so right now I teach in a few different places. I have my own uh, teaching business where I tutor kids, but I also work with teachers and coach. Um, and so it's just been a, a quite the journey, I will say, uh, but definitely something that I'm very grateful for. Amazing. I see that uh, you teach... Uh for platforms similar to VIP kids, but at the same time, you've got your own students. So you've basically diversified uh, just to, you know, avoid all the risk. I think probably that's a lesson you learned when you were full-time with VIP kid. Exactly. Right. Yep. Got it. Uh, Melissa, 
what are you doing right now? You know, if you want to share um, in detail, what's your main thing? Uh, one of the things that I'd be interested to know from you is with respect to you coaching teachers, especially. Yeah, so right now, um, what I really love doing is helping teachers who are kind of at that point where they're like, I'm ready for more. I want to step out to more for more. And for me, my purpose statement is kind of looking at people who are kind of in a similar situation to me where, yeah, I want to earn what I can. However, I don't want to be outside of my house away from my four small kids. And so for me, it's helping people be more present at home. That may look different for a lot of different people, but that's kind of the gist. And so when I work with teachers in a coaching capacity, we use something called Slack. People may have heard of that. It's a kind of a productivity app. Um, And so what I love about Slack is that there's audio messaging there. We can share mock-ups of clients classes and products. We can have different channels where we kind of keep separate separate the conversations. So when we're talking about the products they're selling, their passive income, their classes, platforms, we can kind of set that up in a way that, you know, when we're diversified, it can feel like your mind is exploding sometimes because you're doing social media, you're doing some teaching, you're trying to lesson plan, you're trying to keep your your personal financials in order. You know, all that kind of feels like a lot. And so what I do in my low-cost coaching program is each month, and I don't want people to commit to a huge program. I don't want this to be a massive financial investment for people. I want it to be the help that you need at that point so you can do it on your own. Um, And if people exit after a month, then I think I've done my job. If they're there for more than a month, then I think that's great because that means they're really rolling and they're ready for more. Um, So that's kind of the main thing that I'm doing in terms of uh, working with teachers. Got it. And uh, this is in the membership model on a monthly basis yeah. so just a monthly basis mm-hmm. okay got it could you um, you know deep dive into how your best teacher student you know or your student teacher is using that yeah. uh, that aspect of what you're offering you know what does she she or he looks like using that in the best possible way absolutely so a lot of teachers have kind of come through the same funnel that I did. We were classroom teachers at one time, um, either pre-pandemic for some or post-pandemic for a lot of people. They started doing online teaching whether they wanted to or not. And they kind of got these soft skills under their belt. Now, and especially for VIP kid teachers, they have, and when I work with companies and they say, oh, they taught for VIP kid, let's talk about it. Because they know those teachers have a crazy amount of experience. They've met thousands of students of different levels. And so these people have these experiences, the ability to kind of teach on the fly, to change things up, um, which you can't teach. It just takes experience. And so when teachers come to me and they have that background and they're like, yeah, and I'm still teaching for a platform, but I'm giving away 30% of my commission. I'm like, no, stop. Please keep more of your money. So the first step is saying, I'm ready for more. Like I, I've, I've been around the block. I've had some experience. Yeah. Let's let's find out what else we can do. And also people are ready for to not be chained to their computers. <laughs> they don't want to sit in front of their computers at crazy hours trying to make money when there's a lot else out there. And so I think when people start to realize you can kind of divide this income up into different pieces, have it be more reliable and also, 
you know, make money when you're not sitting here in front of a camera with, you know, for some people, we want to look nice. So we might put on some makeup. We might get out of our pajamas at some point. You know, there's there's ways to do that while you're still in your pajamas and you've still yeah. got no makeup on. <laughs> Whatever. So um, when they arrive at that point, um, and I'm thinking about one person in particular, um, who, you know, has a young kid. She's a fantastic teacher. She teaches um, on a platform. She also teaches with another like kind of small group right. um, school. We could call it a school in Korea. Right. Um, and then she wants to start teaching privately so she can keep more of that money. Right. And she's planning on growing her family again maybe soon. And so she's like, but what if I need to go on maternity leave? Right, right. That other income goes away. So I need something passive. So we're talking about products for many people that might be teachers pay teachers or selling things on your own store. I use both because teachers pay teachers has the massive market, but I don't want to pay the commission to them. So I actually have my own store, um, but I'm like the queen of free. <laughs> so I try not to pay for anything if I don't have to. And so yeah. I use the free Koji app, which is just something that I can put on my website and kind of make it all work together. And so there's so many tools out there and Edison is one of them, right? Um, where you're kind of looking at all these different places where you can meld everything together and schedule, invoice, store, emails. I mean, it's just all in there. And so it's really cool to see what's out there. And we're at a really interesting point in teaching history where this is an option. Um, and so I just love it when people are ready for that. And so when I open up my computer in the morning and I open up Slack, and we have, you know, each person has their own Slack channel with me and hers always has the light on. I have other clients who just don't, right. um, don't, aren't, aren't as active, but hers is always like, Hey, I did this. Hey, my store set up. Hey, I did this product. I made this product. Can you take a look at the cover? There's always something there. So it's really cool to, to see somebody who's so motivated and ready. Awesome. So this program that you run, uh, what's it called? Does it have a name, a title or something? Yeah, I call it the craft teacher coaching. I think the craft, uh, we have a teaching craft. Artists have their craft. Yeah. Um, for us, the teaching craft is something that I really believe in because it's not a formula. You can't just uh, throw kids. Well, you could. You could. It might not work as well. You can't just throw students, whether they be adults or kids, into a program and just bloop, hope they pop out with more knowledge. The idea here is that you're adapting and you're using the, you know, the resources that you have on hand whether it's a curriculum that you like or something that you've created or a tool or an experience. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that can really speak to each teacher's ability to, to meet up with, with their students. And so for me, uh, the teaching craft, the craft is what my coaching program is called. Um, and we do low cost Slack coaching. Got it, Melissa. And uh, how much does the membership cost to join the craft? Sure. $40 a month, okay. um, which is unlimited messaging with me on Slack, as well as audio messages, voice messages. And then if you do want um, an additional video call, like a Zoom call, um, that is at a discounted rate of $20 for a 30-minute meeting. Usually that would be a $30 meeting. Wow. Awesome. And uh, anybody who wants to get into teaching, irrespective of where they are in that teaching uh, stage can you know are free to join and you're going to guide them from the you know whatever questions Absolutely. they have they can pick your brain that's what it is right? yeah 
And I have people in there who actually like aren't teaching right now. They're just interested in it and they feel like they need somebody to kind of guide them on a few different options or what's good for their schedule, wherever they live. You know, depending on the time zone you live in, you're more, you know, you might be teaching at two o'clock in the morning at your time, or it might be late at night. So sometimes there are just better fits for different people. And so, um, yeah, would be happy to meet um, wherever you are on this journey. Got it, Melissa. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to get an idea of what you're doing now. And then, you know, I just have an idea of where you were when you were, when you were a VIP kid. Can you, can you, you know, talk in detail about when you got to know, let's say, you know, you've been working with VIP kid, it's all set. I think you were not diversified at the point. When the double reduction policy happened in China, what exactly happened? What was your thought process? There must have been a lot of uh, anxiety or, you know, uncertainty, how did you navigate all that and transition into an independent teacher? Yeah, this this may sound hilarious, actually, and it, it still makes me laugh a little bit. But at that point, I, um, you know, I did not have social media. <laughs> I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have WeChat, which actually was the first social media app that I got because I needed to quick <laughs> before my students disappeared from my grasp forever, get in touch with them. I need your WhatsApp. I need your QQ number, which is what a lot of Chinese people have as their email. Um, okay. And let's let's keep talking. So then I was in there, you know, texting all these families, letting them know. Oh, but how am I going to get paid from China? I, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Hang tight. <laughs> and so it was it was this moment of like I got to learn some stuff really fast right. to continue with that side. But what can I do right now? Western hemisphere, let's say, just because the financial by, um, what would we call it? The financial like biosphere of like how the financial uh, system is kind of set up. Um, that was much easier for me to navigate because I could use PayPal or right. a direct bank transfer here right. without so much of the crazy fees that would be from my Chinese clients. And so um, I started teaching um, on with an organization called BrainTrain, which I love, and I'm now the head teacher for. So I do a lot of the administrative teacher training, um, helping with curriculum development, all of that stuff, which I really love. And that's really fun to kind of uh, be on that side as well. But that was kind of my first sidestep from VIP Kid. Then I knew I needed to kind of deal with the VIP Kid situation as classes were slowly closing. So um, I went to the godfather of online teaching, who is Tim of Online Teacher Dude, and I was just watching him. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to learn from Tim? Okay, I need Stripe. How do I get Stripe? I need a website. Okay, I got a free website using Strikingly. Great. Then I get verified on Stripe. And then I can set up my store and my classes. I can figure out pricing and stuff like that, all that onboarding stuff, which I've since created a product for because it is such a process. Right. And I think it's something that a lot of online teachers are scared about. They're they're scared they're going to offend someone. Um, and if you do it wrong at the beginning, you're kind of locked in. Yeah. And you can't change a lot of it later. And so it's kind of this this song and dance of figuring out what you need to say, how to say it well, and then stick with it and let it run. So that's something that I've created based on my experiences. But I learned a lot of that from Tim. Um, So I got set up there. I had um, three of my VIP kid students continue on with me from there. Got paid via Stripe. It was all working well. I was teaching with uh, BrainTrain and was kind of loving it. And then I thought I should probably like figure out some other ways to find students. Right. 
So I started teaching for another platform. I was just keeping my eyes open. And I think that's another tip. Keep your eyes open. (laughs) Find some people that you can follow on YouTube, on social media, wherever you go, you can find kind of some people who are connected. I hope to be one of those people. I also have a YouTube channel now. I publish stuff on Instagram and Facebook. I have a Facebook group where teachers can ask these questions and get connected. That's my hope is to be to be Tim for someone else because it is, it's important to have those kind of guides along the way. So I um, kind of paid attention and learned about a company that was opening called All School. Confusing. Out School, All School. All School is based in Singapore and it's nearly identical to Out School except you have to be from those native English speaking countries, which is a point of contention for many of us because there are many people right. who don't hold a US, UK, Australian, New Zealand, or Irish passport right. and can speak fantastic English. Right. One day, one day our, our industry will get it right. So anyway, you do have to have one of those passports to teach on all school, but you can live anywhere which living in South America, I needed that um, kind of benefit. And so I started on there as kind of one of their openers and um, did really well and got a lot of one-on-one students there. Um, Yes, it is a platform, so there is a fee. um, And that's something that I take into account. If something opens up, I'll kind of push that uh, slot to the side and look for private students now, now that I have the capability to find my private students and get rid of that fee and keep more of the money that I'm actually making. Um, But that was really nice. And I've got a group class on there and some one-on-ones on on there. Um, What else? I've got my private students that I teach. um, And from those three VIP kid uh, students, I, I made a whole video about this the other week where then they recommended me to a few other people. And so I've got a few more Chinese kids, um, Chinese and Hong Kong students. And then I thought, man, I've got my evenings. I've got one hour in the evening, but that doesn't work for my Chinese students. So what could I do? And I just messaged my uh, WhatsApp group here with the moms, the gringo English speaking play group that I'm in. Um, I said, hey, I got some slots open if anybody wants them. Here's the cost. I was very open about it, which is more than most people would pay. But here's why your classes with me are worth that. And I think that's another important point is to know why you're charging, because you could throw a pie in the sky number out there and try to charge that much. But um, if you can back it up with class recordings, with the possibility of homework, with interactive options. I use things like Nearpod. Um, I'm an ambassador kind of for Nearpod. I use um, Flocabulary, which is their sister company um, that makes rap videos for kids using vocabulary. It's fantastic. Um, So using all those tools to say, hi, here's what I can offer you. And here's why I think it's worth what our classes cost. Let's see. So we're teaching on a few platforms, teaching privately, um, doing some teacher coaching. And then also I've started creating products um, to I first started to help teachers. So I created like this onboarding workbook that I mentioned. And then I thought, man, I have a lot of games that I've made for my own students. I'll sell those, too. And then I also speak Spanish and a little bit of French. So I'll make those in other languages too. And so every product I make, I just triple it. And I have an English, French, and Spanish version Amazing. up in my, sco- in my store too. So it's, it's been a fun journey, but that's kind of uh, my teaching uh, spread right now. So we'll see what else comes on my way. But uh, for now, that's where I'm at. Wow. You do 
lot of things, you know, just, okay, let me just summarize what are the things that Melissa does. She teaches for a few platforms, not for one platform, few platforms. Then she has a private students and then she coaches aspiring teachers or, you know, teachers who need help navigating through this whole independent teaching thing. Then you've got your own products and uh, inside of products, there are different categories that are like, you know, uh, straight up guides and then you know there are games and then you triplicate them into other languages as well like spanish and french so this is awesome melissa uh and you homeschool four of your kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i saw in your profile yeah. homeschooling four it didn't strike that oh what is this homeschooling for oh then i realized oh you have you've got four kids and you're four homeschooling kids. all four of them. <laughs> do, do you get to yeah. sleep I, yeah. <laughs> I should mention, I have an amazing husband. He also works from home. So I mentioned he lost his job at the beginning right. of 2019. Um, he now works from home and has his own company. And so we tag team a lot of the homeschool part. Uh, for example, I'm it's morning for me. Um, and so by the time I come downstairs, I prepare their breakfast the night before. It's just oatmeal. And the kids know how to heat that up and begin their math work, which I leave out every night. And my husband's there to continue with the math. He's an engineer, so it works well. Um, But yeah, I, to be honest, it's a, it's a good point because it takes a lot of time management Yeah, and you know, you name all these things. I don't do all of them every day and I've figured out a way to make them very efficient. So um, part, one of the workbooks that I have talks about, you know, you want to diversify great. There's still only 24 hours in a day. You thought you were busy before. Now you need to condense the work that you were doing, figure out how to make it more efficient. And then you can start looking at, you know, three other income streams that you're interested in. But that takes practice. It takes organization and it takes efficiency. And so I use a tool called Notion in order to keep it all together. Um, it's, it's almost like Slack to me, but just for my brain to get everything out there. So I've got, you know, a bunch of different pages with financials, with lesson plans, with um, coaching client goals and trajectories, um, YouTube videos. I plan all my social media content on there. So there's just a lot that goes into making the day organized, right. but it's also knowing yourself. Like I know that I'm not my best when I haven't spent time. Um, you know, I, I'm a Christian. And so I spend time in the Bible every day and that's important to me. If I don't get that, then I'm not the happiest person. I'm not the nicest person. Right. Then I also know that I, if I don't get a workout in, if I don't have a good exercise time, I'm also not that ha- my happiest. And so I, it sounds crazy, but I do get up at four o'clock in the morning in order to do that. I spend time in quiet and I get a workout in and then I start teaching usually at about six to about eight 30 in the morning. Okay. Then I can go downstairs, homeschool my kids, uh, cook lunch, uh, clean up lunch, you know, all that stuff that all of us have to do for life anyway, that still happens. Um, and then in the afternoon from about two to three 30 in the afternoon, I have a work block and then we have afternoon activities. My kids do karate. There's a little bit of school in there too. And then at night from about seven to eight 30, my husband gets the kids ready for bed. So it's teeth brushing, flossing, mouthwash, PJs. Uh, and then we all read together before we go to sleep and I'm asleep by nine o'clock. And so for some people that does not sound appealing. And I understand that's why it's your business and not mine. And so <laughs> I figured out how to make this work for me and kind of optimize um, what that looks like. Now, 
I may step back from some streams or I may add more, but that's the beauty of it is that it's, it's yours. Um, and I think that's one of the big draws for a lot of people when they're stepping into something in an entrepreneurial capacity. So yeah, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> but, um, but being able to, for example, my mom is coming to visit next week okay. and I thought, Oh man, do I need to like record something ahead of time, get a YouTube video out? And I was like, I could take a week off. I think I will. Oh, amazing. I don't have to tell anyone. I don't have to ask their permission. I could just be like, Hey, I'm going to do something else instead. And it's hands off. So that's the beauty of it is just being able to kind of control your own schedule too. Awesome. Awesome, Melissa. Uh, you know, for teachers, you know, who are listening to you, it could be a little overwhelming to wrap their head around a lot of things that you just mentioned. But it's everything that you're doing started off with you teaching, right? That's that's what led to everything else because that is your primary activity and that's your primary expertise from where all the other things came out of. Yeah, exactly. Um that's and, and I think it's important to stress that um, in my case, a lot of it happened quickly just because of who I was um, I was following. I was listening to, to Tim okay. and he was suggesting some of these things like all school or giving me the information about getting verified on Stripe and stuff like that. And so I was like, great, I'll do it right now. I'll do it. I've got 30 minutes. And so it was taking those little steps. And again, when I mentioned trying to diversify and I, I have a free workbook that people are welcome to pick up. And in that workbook, I'm like, yeah, if you've got 30 minutes, what can you do? What can you do in that 30 minutes? Right. Are you going to create a quick website? It doesn't have to be fancy. Just create a website. Mention that you're you're ready to, to get going and then add to it. Nobody has to see it. Um, you know, start slow. And the good part about starting small is that not many people are going to see your initial mess ups. Just do it. Start messy. A lot of people say that. Start messy. Start weird. Be yourself because um, there are a lot of people out there that you can learn from. Tim, I resonated with Tim. I was like, you're efficient. You're quick. You're smart. You're, you're sharp. Um, there are other people who do the same thing, but they speak slowly or they uh, aren't focused on the Asian market or whatever. For whatever reason, I was like, I just don't want to listen to you as much. You know, right. there are ways that you can you can differentiate yourself and you will be someone's flavor. You will be right. someone who someone can listen to. Right. And so finding your voice in that, and that's why finding kind of a, a purpose statement is really important. But once you start and you start kind of branching out from your teaching, what makes you a great teacher? Start there. Why do your students excel in your class? Right. For me, I love a good upper elementary middle school kid who's excited about public speaking. Who's excited about current events? Right. That's a weird niche, but there's actually a lot of people who are interested in their kids taking public speaking classes. Yeah, yeah. And so here I go. That was my niche. And then I got a lot of parents who were excited about what we were doing. And then I was able to kind of branch out. Um, so I think, I think you're right. It starts just from your teaching and then you're taking the next right step and you'll figure out what that, where that leads you. Right. Uh, but I think it's important to kind of branch out and keep your eyes open. Got it, got it, Melissa. You spoke about uh, old school, and then the other thing that you spoke about, was it out school or alt school? All school. So all school. All school yeah. is the one um, that I, uh, needs native um, speakers only, right? 
Yeah, they both do. OutSchool is another. I don't teach as an individual on OutSchool because I don't live in the United States. Oh, right. Um, I work with an organization called uh, BrainTrain, which does have classes on OutSchool. And there's um, a few differences between the two. But yeah, there are marketplaces, class marketplaces. Got it. Melissa, uh, you know, before I got onto this podcast, you know, my... I was thinking one thing that I want to, you know, talk to you about and pick your brain on was getting independent students, you know, independent, sorry, getting students as an independent teacher, because, you know, we've got all kinds of listeners, native, non-native, uh, and, you know, na- non-native people cannot depend on things like old school or out school and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, going independent works. So can you, what, where do they start off from as an independent teacher looking for well-paying students? Yeah. Um, I think you need to start with yourself and know how much you need to earn. This doesn't, this shouldn't be a source of stress, um, although it probably will be at first, but figuring out how much to charge will actually dictate a lot of where you look. Um, So when you come to a conclusion of, I need to make this much per hour. That might be $5. It might be $10. It might be 20 or it might be a hundred. You need to find that number. For me, I am at $50 an hour. When I bring on -on one-on-one students, I am at $25 for 25 minutes, which is about 30. And then, um, and then $50 for 50 minutes. Um, And so when I have that number in mind, if I'm going to search for students, I'm probably not going to search in an area of the world where that is just crazy expensive, right? right? That's why I don't search for a lot of students here in Ecuador, because that is expensive. But I can, if, if families are up for that and they want the added value that I charge, then great, they are on board and I have Ecuadorian students because of that. However, I know that's not always the case. So when you have that number in mind, start looking around. I would say start locally. Um, For many people, Facebook is the best place. Facebook is a weird place. However, people there are warm to the idea of whatever you guys are all involved in. So Facebook groups are great because if I'm clicking join on your group, it's because I'm interested in, for example, in my Facebook group, um, EdTech, curriculum and platform support. Those three things are things that I'm like actually good at. I've got a lot of connections with and I could help you with them. Right. If somebody's joining my group, that's because they're interested in it. If you're joining um, kids in uh, in a certain city and you want classes for kids in this city, great, I'm gonna join that group and I'm expecting that people in that group are searching for that thing and I can present myself, my offering, um, again, sticking with my public speaking um, example, you know, classes for eight to 12 year olds on public speaking. I'm your girl, pick me and put yourself out there. But that requires a little bit of legwork. So if people are interested in using something like Canva or even PowerPoint, I know people who use PowerPoint to create kind of class slides um, to then advertise their class. If you just say, hi, I'm an English teacher. I charge this much. See you on Tuesday for my class. I'm like, great, but who are you? Why? Why should I choose you? What are you going to provide my child? Um, that's There's no comparison. I'm absolutely going to start looking at the person with a little bit more information, a little bit more creativity, a little bit more professionalism. Right. Um, and that 
ups your added value. So you can probably charge more in that case. Um, so once you've kind of figured out who you are and what you're offering, you definitely need a way to process all of that. Right. If you're using something um, like Edison or another landing page, you need somewhere where you can point people. Now you can do this, and this is actually what I did. Um, when I was starting from scratch after VIP Kid, I knew I needed some way to get paid and I needed a place for people to process that payment. I knew there was gonna be a fee, so I needed to kind of figure that into my prices, but. As I went, I kind of figured out, oh, families are um, assuming they are going to pay the fee. So I just started adding that on. <laughs> and um, that was a really nice kind of breathe easy moment for me because I would just say, hi, here's the link. Um, and many tools will have the opportunity to schedule the classes. So you're not back and oh, this was the worst. Tuesday, uh, 6 p.m. Beijing time. Oh, wait, was it 6 p.m.? Was it 5 a.m.? Was it? and you're like doing the time zone calculations. Yeah. No, there are tools that can do that for you now. Please don't do that in your head. Um, use a virtual scheduling tool. This again is in that uh, workbook that I mentioned, that onboarding workbook. Once you've got your prices set up, you've got the virtual scheduling idea, kind of share that with them. And then figuring out the way to, um, to then plan the class. What is this family expecting? Or what is this adult student planning? Um, what do they need from you? Is there a test? they're preparing for? Is there a event coming up? Are they traveling? Are they starting a new job? Are they looking for a job? Right. All of these things that you need to take into account because if you don't meet their expectations or if you don't know their expectations and you're just guessing because this is what you do as a teacher, they might be gone after that first package of classes runs out. Right. So something important to keep in mind is uh, Invoicing for packages. We're not charging one class at a time. We don't want that because then you're left high and dry right. when they are like, and we're out. Um, I start with a class package of five. Um, they pay that up front. After five, then we talk. Is everybody okay? Are we happy? Do you want to change anything? Would you like to see more mm. homework, less homework? Then once they're comfortable, because I'm a parent too. I don't know. Jack, do you have kids? Not yet, no. Not, yeah, 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 okay. But when you're forking over a large amount of money for classes, my kids take French classes online. Right. And you want to know that this person is like legit, that they're giving homework, that they're going to really help. Um, it's, it's, you feel a little nervous about it. So I bought five classes with this teacher. Now I buy 40 classes with this teacher. Right. Because I know we're going to, we've already been with her for three years and we're going to keep going until she doesn't want to teach us anymore. Um, and so there's, there's that kind of comfort moment too. So right. I start with five, then we move on to 10. And then I've got one student who's like 20 every time, just bill us for 20. Um, and so there's that sort of, um, administ you save on administrative time too, when that happens, when you're packaging yeah. uh, your classes like that. And so um, figuring out how you're going to package those classes, but then setting up expectations. What do they really want out of this? And how are you going to deliver on that? And periodic check-ins, that's maintenance. It's like your car. Your car needs maintenance. If you right. just ignore it and you hope it works, they might not be around for long because you're not keeping your, your eye on the, on the situation. Are they making progress? And then also feedback. Um, I give feedback after every class. Some people don't do that. Some people do it after a week of classes or a month of classes. I know that as a parent, I appreciate that. And so getting that sort of feedback, I think, is just another added value that you can then bump up your prices for. Right. Um, so onboarding students, that's kind of what we were talking about. But finding these students can be different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know people... Um, 
friends of mine, Kinga and Chris of Create and Funnel, they use something called Xiao Hong Shu, which is the Chinese equivalent of like Instagram or Pinterest almost. Um, that's a, an avenue I haven't really gone down. I don't feel the need to. Oh, wow. And it feels a little ten tenuous. I don't know how long it'll be around. Right. So I don't want, or how long I'll have access to it, I should right. say. Um, I might be banned because I'm not in mainland China. Yeah. You know? And so it's that sort of thing where I'm like, I don't know if I want to invest time in that. But for some people, that's totally worth it to fill their schedules and then move on from there. Um, that's one way. So we said start local or look in those other markets. Um, so Melissa, if you're doing those... uh, can I stop you? I'm so sorry to sure. intervene here. So you said yeah. you're not taking that route of, you know, using the Chinese equivalent of Instagram. So you're not marketing to the Chinese geography? You're not? No, I'm not. And mostly because I, my schedule is full. I don't need any more students right now. Right. That's probably why. Right. However, what I if I don't do that marketing and I have a space, this is what I did... I lost two students at once, like a couple months ago. And I was like, what am I going to do? I messaged my current students and I just said, hey, I've got these two times open. Would you or anyone you know like them? And they were filled within the week right. because I got one twin sister. One of my students has a twin sister. And then somebody else said, oh, my friend wants this one. Um, could you could you slap him in there? Got it. Done. And so you don't have to invest a lot of time. I, I would say start with your current students. Then go to your past students. This is something I was just talking about the other day. Um, for all school, I my group class enrollment has gone down a little bit. And I was like, what am I going to do? It's almost summer. Maybe I can get some summer students at least in there. Right. And we have access to message them within the platform. Now, I don't have their email addresses, which would be the gold standard, so that I could share about camps and stuff like that. But I don't have that option. And so I'm using what I'm what I've got. And I can talk with some of those families and say, hey, remember me? I do this. Uh, remember this class? We do this. Here's a coupon for you. Um, a discount off your first class. $5 off your first class. Come join us. See what it's like. That's it. It was a quick message. Boop, boop, boop. Copy paste to about uh, 200 people that follow me on that platform. And then we'll see what happens. I haven't gotten anybody yet. I need to check. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But there's, there's a lot of things at your fingertips that you can use that maybe aren't um, aren't costly. You don't have to pay for this, but I would say Facebook groups, local area, go to your library, right. go to local schools, talk to teachers. Hey, do you have any students who need tutoring? I, I, all of these are options. And I would just say, open your eyes and see where the kids are. Go where the kids are and where you're allowed to and ask, can I help anybody? Right. Got it. And as an independent teacher, right, when you're not teaching uh, on these platforms, because I can clearly see that, you know, you've diversified for a lot of reasons, uh, rightly so. Uh, so how many students at any point in time is your limit independently? Like private Ooh, students? Like for one-on-one -on -one classes? Yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> I have, gosh, 10 one-on-one -on -one students right now. Wow. And the others are group classes. Um, so 10 one-on-ones at $25 or $30 for 25 minutes. Um, right. So you do the math, but in there, there's a little bit of fees for some things, yeah. but yeah. for the most part, families take care of those. Um, I do take into account the fact that I pay for a lower cost curriculum. I use something called ESL Pals, which being the queen of free, I was like, I'm not paying 
more than $100 for a year's worth of curriculum. This is like 79, I think, for the whole year. And there's kids, there's adults, there's business, there's grammar, there's conversation. So I can spread that out over a lot of different students. And that allows me to spend less time on it. So I can take on more students if I want. Got it. Yeah. Got it, Melissa. Melissa, you spoke about, you know, one, one-on-one and then group, right? Now, as a teacher, how, how, do the th- you know, how do things change between these two variants? Oh, I love it. I love having the variation. I feel like if I only had one-on-ones, I would get a little bored. Um, right. But the groups are really fun. Um, I, teach, um, I, I teach groups with brain train, which is kind of aimed at um, gifted students. So we teach critical thinking skills. Um, the kids you get in some of these classes, and especially when you get a group of kids who like each other, who are the same age, who are kind of the same level, it's just another level. It's it's fun for me right. to go into those classes not knowing what they're going to say. And a lot of the material that I bring in for those classes and also having learned, this is something else I wish people would know. When you start to diversify, you become a better teacher. And so something I learned from Brain Train very early on was just to ask why and quiet. Be quiet. Stop talking, teacher. Let the kids talk. Tell me more. And just sit there for a second and see what they do. They are so much smarter than we give them credit for. And so I think in groups, you see a lot more of that natural interaction, especially when we're talking English, teaching English as a second language or a third or fourth or fifth language. Um, Kind of learning how to interact with groups is really important. That has, you know, gone over into my all school group class. A lot of times I'll just throw it back to them. Let them do the talking. I know when my own kids are taking class, I want to hear them talking. I don't want to see them sitting like this in their French class in front of the computer. No, I want to hear them producing language. Same thing for my online students. I want to hear them talking more. Um, And then for my one-on-one students, um, yeah, there's not as much of that like organic back and forth, but that's why I chose the curriculum that I did. It's super flexible, super open. There's, you know, out of, let's say there's 60 slides in a lesson, I can leave out 30 of them because I know the student needs to focus only on speaking or this student needs to focus only on reading. Um, And so there's just, when you choose a curriculum or you choose tools that you're going to bring in and you're thinking about your one-on-one students, give yourself flexibility. You don't need to plan something extra if your curriculum already has it. And so being able to meet those needs, I think is really important. So groups and one-on-ones, they have their different needs, but I think you can create that end goal of student production, student thinking, student reasoning, you know, debate and reasoning. That's really important too. Got it. Um, lots to take into account, but very and fun to have the variety. Got it. The group classes that you're doing is not as an independent teacher, right? You're working for other platforms for the group, group classes. Right. But I've created, so with Brain Train, those classes belong to Brain Train. For my group class on all school, I created that on my own and I taught it independently as well. The enrollment independently was never as consistent as it was on the platform and it was just too much administrative work for it. But it was really cool to see how you could start there or if you want, if you're like, man, I wish I could teach on OutSchool or AllSchool, but for whatever reason you can't. Do it. That's totally fine. And it's better income because you're multiplying a reasonable class rate for one kid by five, six, seven, eight. And if if you can keep a good amount of students enrolled, it's great. It's a really good hourly rate. What what number of 
kids you found to be ideal for group classes, Melissa? Mm. Um, for me, I love seeing between four and six. If there's eight, which I allow, if there's eight in there, sometimes it feels a little crowded. Right. Um, if there's less than four, sometimes it feels um, forced and you're just needing to fill time. Um, and you can sometimes have a kid who dominates the conversation and the other kid kind of sinks to the back. They know they can just be quiet and disappear. Um, so I, I find four to six is really nice um, to get a variety of opinions and a good amount of practice. Got it. And did the group classes idea come primarily because of, you know, students not being able to afford the high one-on-one classes, the high prices of one-on-one classes? Is that I, the main reason? That's one. No, it's not the main reason I did it because I knew I could make more <laughs> that way. Right, right. Um, I knew I, I, I needed a winner of an idea in order to create those group classes. However, it's an option. So for a lot of kids, and we might speak about sales funnels, right. and some teachers go, what's a sales funnel? Ew, business. However, when you think about sales funnels, they're not just for a store or a program. It's for your students too. Right. So for a lot of my students, many of my one-on-one students started in that group class because it's only $12 for 40 minutes versus $30 for 25 minutes. Mm. So I can have them in that group class. And actually some of them take both because it's good practice Um, and I recommend it. And they're so they're different. Um, So that group class, I can then say, Hey, I recommend, and that's a feature on the platform actually. Um, I can recommend and say, Hey, I also have one-on-one tutoring. And I do that with my private students too, off platform. I can say, hey, I've done camps, for example. Let's do this four-week camp over summer. Um, We'll do critical, I've done logic camp before. And so having logic camp, um, those four classes after those four are done, they say, hey, what else can we take? And I say, great, here's one-on-one, here's logic camp two. Having the next thing I think is actually also really important. Being able to offer them something else, whether that's just an ongoing one-on-one with you or it's the next iteration of your camp or your class or level up, you know, that sort of thing that that's always very motivating, I think, for kids too. Got it, Melissa. And when it comes to, you know, one-on-one classes and group classes, do you see any differences in IQ, EQ between the two kinds of students that come in? Uh, I'm asking you uh, from a point of view, you know, it'll kind of help teachers position The group classes, apart from the fact that it's charged lesser, it's also for these kind of students. And the one-on-one classes is for a specific kind of students. Is there a thing like that? I love that you asked that question. Yeah. Um, Okay. So sometimes, and again, teachers will understand that you get a lot of different kids um, of different levels. So I think to be very specific with your group class, for example, my group class is show and tell public speaking. And so I marketed as that for a certain uh, age group. And then I got native speakers. I got a couple Canadians in there. And then I had the lowest of the low, no, almost no English in there as well. Now, when they get in, neither of those two kids can participate fully because one wants to give it all and occupy the whole time, but I have to cut them off because there are other kids in there. And the other kid, I'm constantly trying to feed them words. Now, the kids in the middle say, this is weird. They don't, they don't know any English and they, I, I'm not at their level. I think I'll leave. 
Now, everyone was correct. That was not the place for any of them because I didn't even specify who should have been in there. And so when I said non-native or native, great. Okay, now we have a little bit more of a base, but then I would even further specify in the description, your child should be able to give a short presentation about something they love. Um, we're bringing things that are pink today. I'm bringing my pig. Hello, my name is Melissa. I have a pig. It's pink. It's small. It's plastic. I think pigs are fun. Thank you for listening to my presentation. That's all they have to do. But if they can't do that, this class is not for them. And so being super specific will save you so much time and get you some better reviews because you're really niching down and you're letting people know that they can be successful if they can do this thing. Now, am I going to, have I had those low kids come in and I go, oh, wow, you did so well today. And this is the importance of feedback. I don't think Wesley is a good fit for this class because X, Y, Z, let's move into a one-on-one -on -one class to get him up to speed and then he can come back into this class. Great. I've had him for about two months now in a one-on-one -on -one class. Right. So it's a win when you have that opportunity to communicate. Now, as, in terms of one-on-ones, you can meet those needs. And this is the beauty of coming off of VIP Kid where you were teaching a, a scripted um, curriculum. Yeah. I get to choose what I teach them. And I definitely need to make sure I'm meeting the expectations of their parents. And I have talked about in the onboarding process, because if you don't know, you don't know. And you can't continue working with that student well. And so a lot of the kids that I work with on one-on-ones are super bright, but their language doesn't match up with their IQ. And so they are EQ super high, super empathetic, funny. Gosh, I love it when I get like a really funny student and I'm like, let's teach you how to make a joke in English. Let's teach you how to be sarcastic a little bit in English. Let's teach you idioms. You know, I've already used a few today. I, I'm, I keep slapping my head thinking I, I probably shouldn't do that, but you know, up a creek. I don't want to be high and dry. All of these idioms that make you sound much more native yes. when you start to use them. So having the opportunity to work with like really, you know, really intelligent kids who just need the English in order to express themselves, that's my, that's my sweet spot. I love doing that. And when I can kind of communicate and talk with parents ahead of time to, to know um, what that looks like. And I think there's also a cultural component here. Um, you know, I've been working with students from China for a while. And so I know to ask, would you like your student to learn about things that are happening outside of outside of China. Right. Some people don't. Some people do. Their goal in life is to get their kid to study somewhere else, right. um, be it the US or Canada or wherever. Yeah. Um, and so you need to know those cultural goals too, because if you start bringing in news articles and pictures from the past, uh, there may be some clash there too. So I think it's important to take into account, you know, cultural literacy and openness as well. Great. Melissa, uh, you said, you know, all of, most of the teachers, uh, you know, who did VIP Kid and then, you know, who are on the journey, uh, at, you know, doing their independent teaching thing. They were all classroom teachers, you know, like in person and stuff like that. And then after pandemic, it was all during and after pandemic, there was this explosion of online classes, right? Um, how, obviously, I don't know, please correct me if I'm wrong. I am of the assumption that in-person teaching is way easier in terms of connecting with the students, engaging them, having their attention. But when it comes to online, even though it gives the teacher a lot of advantages, how easy or difficult it is to get the, you know, kids' attention? And what are the things that you've done to kind of, you know, improve that? 
Ooh. All right. A lot of teachers are going to be angry when you say that uh, in-person teaching is easier. I, to be honest, I don't easier, think so. Uh, Mostly, from a point of view of, you know. <laughs> yeah, attention. Keeping their attention. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, control. Yeah. Um, yeah, control. So it could be easier. It could be harder. I'm thinking of a few instances that I had. Um, I was teaching middle schoolers in a trailer. So like you've seen those mobile yeah, homes, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had 30 of those behind my middle school. So I was teaching outside basically. Wow. Um, and so there, there are different uh, factors that can, that can come into play there. But let's talk about keeping their attention in the online classroom. Um, you know, when I was a classroom teacher, I was like the, the crazy, have you ever seen Mrs. Um, the Magic School Bus? Have no. you ever heard of that show? No. Um, there's a teacher on there who like has a magic school bus and she's kind of crazy. She does like crazy things. She takes their kids on crazy adventures. As a classroom teacher, that was me. <laughs> I didn't have the bus, but I would set up a crime scene in my classroom because I was teaching my students the Spanish words for questions. Right. Who, quién, where, when, why, how. And so... You know, when you create those situations, it's really fun and really engaging and I want to be there and it just makes it better for everyone. In the online classroom, you have to work a little differently. How can you do this? There's so much out there and there's no excuse for talking at a kid for 25 or 30 or 50 minutes. God help the kids. And so it's just like, it's not, it's not necessary to do that. So when you use the tools at your disposal, they can be expensive or they can be not expensive. Right. So let's go with the free to begin with. I love a good freebie. As I mentioned, the queen of free. So there are um, websites like Teachers Pay Teachers. In order to start selling on there, the first thing you upload has to be free. Isn't that cool? So they make you create Amazing. something cool yeah. and give it back. And so I spent, I can't tell you, and especially as a homeschooler, I print, 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 print. I get so many worksheets from there for free. Right. Now, if I like something and my kids do well with it, I'll go back and I'll buy from them. Right. But for the most part, I started out with free stuff. Then you can find digital games on sites like that, Teachers Pay Teachers, but also on YouTube. If you just type in like how to make a digital game template, uh, one of my good teacher friends online is the EdTech Wizard. You may want to talk to her soon. She yeah. creates these uh, online game templates. So think Jeopardy, escape rooms, um, probability games, math games, and you literally go in. You buy the template from her once, and then you change the math problems every unit. Right. And it's the best thing ever. And so it's it's fun, it's gamey, um, and that doesn't have to cost a lot. Right. You can pay more for things like escape rooms. You can get escape room templates. Um, somebody I was talking to yesterday said they did like a, they had a dinosaur, uh, escape room for their first grader and then they needed one for their kindergartner and for their second grader. And she was like, well, I'll just create third, fourth and fifth too. <laughs> and so there's, there's so much stuff out there that you can really start to change. And if you've got a little bit of tech knowledge in you, or you can seek someone out who can teach you, um, there are coaches like me. I help people scale their business. There are coaches uh, that teacher, uh, Natalie, the EdTech wizard, she does that for tech. So there's people out there who are good at this. Right. And you can learn a lot on YouTube. I learned so much. As I mentioned, Tim, I learned so much on YouTube from him. Right. I have never taken a course from any coach or anything. And I, I don't want people to feel like their progress in the online teaching world requires them 
to pay people like me money. If you want the help, come. I will take your money and I will help you. Um, however, it's not necessary. Right. There's so much stuff out there. And that's my hope for my YouTube channel too, is to help connect people with these types of resources. So, um, you know, that is kind of the, the medium range. Maybe you pay a little bit of money. And then if you want to pay a little bit more, if you've got more students um, who are paying more money, perhaps something like I use Nearpod and I love it and it's free. There's a free account, actually. You can pay to have more storage space. But if you're okay with not, you can access a lot of pre-made lessons on there and their virtual reality field trips and quiz games and all of it's done for you. So it's really nice. Um, and then the other one I was thinking of, oh, is uh, Koala Go. Have you ever heard of Koala Go? I've heard of Koala Go. That's another teaching platform that has something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Ben and Javier are just brilliant guys. They are teachers themselves, they're family. They come from families of teachers. They understand what teachers need and they're willing, they're there with like a financial model. Like one of their goals is to have financially successful teachers, which you're like, Hey, look at you trying to help me. That's really cool. Um, and we're all trying to help the kids, but we want to create this really cool product. And so they have something called the playground where your avatar runs around right. and encounters the activity. So instead of just saying, and the next slide and the next slide, no, they're like literally running across a beach to go identify patterns in seashells or something crazy like that. But there's stuff already in there for you. So um, that is a teaching platform, but it's a kind of, uh, you can invoice, you can schedule on it, stuff like that. So there's just a lot of stuff out there um, and more every day. I mean, I just get, I'm blown away by how much is available for free. And then as you're, this is another point, it's like you start out with free and as your business grows, yeah. as your student base grows, if you choose to scale, if you choose to try something new, great. But if you're staying right there and you're happy with it, use the free version, right? And there's no no need to fork over a bunch of money. Awesome. Melissa, my yeah. final question uh, would be to do with your uh, private students. So to teach, right? right? What, are the, what are the tools that you use? Because all school and all, all of that will have their own platform. But, but when it comes yeah. to your own students, what are the most essentials for you? Sure. Um, Zoom is great. <laughs> Zoom, many people know how to use Zoom. Yeah. Um, the basic plan is enough for most classes. A lot of kids should not be in class for more than 25 to 30 minutes. Um, I know it's a struggle for me sometimes to sit still for 25 minutes for a meeting or something like that. And so use that, use that for free. Um, you can record on there. And then if you have a way to get the recording to families, great, that's value added there. You can share screen, great. kids can annotate. For the most part, that's a good tool. Zoom is not available in China. So if you are trying to have Chinese students, they're going to be very limited. They can use the web version of Zoom. Um, I use something called Liveboard, uh, which is really great. They have unlimited cloud recording, which I have never heard of anywhere. And it's all included in the cost. And the cost, you're like, oh, $50 a month, $40 a month. It's $9.99 a month, which is just insane to me. So there's like all the normal stuff, screen sharing, chat, um, invoicing, you can even invoice with it. Um, so I use Liveboard for most of my students, but I use Zoom for some, um, just because of location. And then I use um, ESL Pals as my like ESL curriculum, and then a lot of Nearpod and stuff like that. Um, and then I invoice using Stripe, or for my local students, I just do a bank transfer. And then I've got a couple who pay via credit card because they're in Hong Kong. Um, and so that's a little bit easier for them. Right. Is there a system where your students can log in and access their content or recordings and stuff? Have you done that as well? 
I haven't. I probably could, and I maybe should at some point just to be more streamlined. I use Notion to keep track of it. The families, um, it's it's interesting that you ask that because a lot of times they just refer back to my emails. I give such thorough feedback, right. and it doesn't take me that long either. I'm fast at it now, um, and so it's not that time consuming for me. But that kind of record of emails is is what we use. Got it. But have you thought of you know having uh you know a lms solution for yourself uh where do you think that's of value for teachers like you probably um probably i again i i'm seeing the amount that i'm teaching going down so i'm not looking to like start afresh um but if i did i think but if i did i think that would be really nice um you know as i'm talking with people and they're like i don't want to do a website in stripe i just want it all to be in one that's why there are so many tools. It's there's no excuse not to do it because tools like Edison, tools like there's there's just a lot out there that it's all in one space yeah, yeah. and you can totally keep track of that. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely worth it if you're starting out and starting to get like systems in place. Got it, Melissa. Melissa, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing the amount of wealth of knowledge that you've shared. Uh, I hope you know people who are listening can go take away something and start their journey. And, you know, they should definitely uh, look up your, the craft thing. The best part about the craft uh, program that you offer is they can just come in for a month, you know, pay $40 and see if that's, that can be of help for them. And uh, why not, you know, having a community to come share your journey and kind of, you know, give and take can be great. So you said you have uh, channels for different teachers. Now, can these teachers, do they have a community where they can exchange, where they can uh, talk with each other? Is that available? Yeah, my my Facebook group is the best place for that. Um, okay. It's it's listed in my profile as well. Um, and a lot of people that I'm working with also hop in there because they get to hear, you know, if I can then point them to somebody else who's dealt with the same thing, I can say, hey, talk to her. She's already done this and she's a baller at it. Go listen to what she's done. Um, so yeah, it's a really helpful, really helpful thing to have that community. Got it, Melissa. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.